You know, God's word is truth. And it's powerful. Jesus came to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted. And as we gather and we look at what he says in his word and we apply that to our lives, we can see transformation and change. We see people that are carrying burdens and bowing under the weight of those burdens, struggling to get through life. And when we look at what God says in his word and we say, that is true, I'm going to embrace truth, I'm going to um, apply it to my life, then we can see God do mighty works amongst us. In John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so as believers in Jesus, we all have this supply of Holy Spirit power inside of us. This power, this living water, is available to each one of us. But sometimes that spring of living water can be blocked. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. This is more than just a pump that pumps the blood around the body. This is the seat of our emotions. And sometimes something happens in our life and our emotions get affected, cut off, distorted. Our heart is the wellspring of life. It's from our heart that those living waters flow. Every single one of us is in a spiritual battle. And a name for Satan in the Bible is Beelzebub. And Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. Now, we all know that flies are attracted to rubbish. They lay eggs that turn into maggots. And if we've got wounded or damaged rubbishy areas in our hearts, that can become a breeding ground for the enemy. Thoughts of unresolved hurts and wounds sometimes erupt into our minds and make us vulnerable to spiritual attack. When we identify these wounded areas, we can shine God's light, his healing light, into each situation. Maggots grow in the darkness. Remember when I was a, a kid, I caught a fish and s somehow I put it in the letterbox. And we f forgot about it for a few days and then suddenly this fish is crawling with maggots. And I'm thinking to myself, where did they come from? How did they get in there? But this fly had contaminated the fish and the maggots were breeding. So thoughts of unresolved hurts can remain in our, in our minds and attract Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. When we consider these wounded areas, 
different thoughts come to our mind of ways that we have been wounded in the past. I want to give you one or two examples. Events that you may not have had any control over whatsoever. You've been a victim. Things like abuse or betrayal. Deliberate acts of rebellion or disobedience towards God that you've committed that you haven't repented of. Things that you've done that you know are wrong. You've transgressed God's way. But instead of coming back to God and saying, look, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I want your help not to make that mistake again. That can become an open wound. In families, there's also generational sins, family weaknesses, blind spots, tendencies to go off the rails in certain areas. It's interesting because in the Bible, Abraham lied about his wife Sarah and told a king that she was his sister. Well, a few years later, Abraham's son Isaac did exactly the same thing with regard to Rebecca. And so we can ask ourselves as parents, what are we modelling to our children in the things that we do and in the things that we say? We may have grown up in a family where there's marital difficulty and dissatisfaction. And that can open us up to strife and depression and wrong relationships. We have an enemy who is seeking to gain the advantage in our lives. And so Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 verse 18 that the eyes of our understanding would be opened. In other words, he's saying, let's see what's behind all those bad things that are happening in my life. But let's not just focus on all those negative influences because we have many positive forces acting on our side. Psalm 34 verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Do you fear the Lord? Then you've got angels surrounding you. Psalm 91 verse 11, For he will give his angels charge over us to guard us in all our ways. Millions of angels have charge over God's people. We can have their protection and support. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a story about the prophet Elisha who was in a city that was surrounded by a large army. The enemy was invading. And Elijah's servant looked down from the wall and saw the huge army that was opposing them. Elijah prayed that the Lord would open his servant's eyes to see into the spiritual realm. When God opened his eyes, he was able to see the armies of the Lord surrounding them. Wow, imagine that. Imagine if you're in an impossible situation and God opens your eyes to see that you've got guardian angels. And I've heard such stories of missionaries in, in countries where rascals and uh, people came to attack the compound, but they saw those armies, they saw those angels, and they were scared off. 
Those that are with us are more than those who are against us. We have a mighty unseen army on our side and we can pray that the Lord will open the eyes of our heart. Psalm 103 verse 20 Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. God can summon angels to work on our behalf. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, we do not give up. Though outwardly we're getting older, we're declining, we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. There are times when the enemy assaults our hearts. He reminds us of our seeming lack of success or our wounds from a previous battle. He buries us in disappointment, anger, bitterness, frustration, hopelessness, rejection and despair. The enemy will encourage us to give up. He'll use things like sickness, minor physical problems, financial setbacks, marital conflicts and family problems. He'll try to take us out of the battle. If we lose heart, we're likely to give up. A wounded heart underestimates the strength that we have in God. It makes us fearful and anxious, unable to connect with God and have faith that God is still in control of our situation. Jesus encountered a man at the, at the pool of Bethesda. This man had been crippled for 38 years. Imagine being sick for 38 years. And he was by this pool where from time to time the water would start to bubble. And if you were the first person when that angel stirred up that water and you got in the pool, you would be healed. He'd been waiting to be the first in the pool for 38 years. And so Jesus said to this man, do you want to get well? Instead of just giving a, a yes or a no, he said, I have no one to help me. Jesus said in John 5 verse 6, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Wendy Blight was raped when she was 21 years of age by a masked stranger who was hiding in her apartment. She'd just graduated from university with honours. She'd been engaged and she'd started a good career. But her attacker shattered her dreams. She ended up in a prison of fear and despair. She'd become like that man that had been lying on his mat by the pool. She became accustomed with her place of sorrow. She enjoyed being a victim for 10 years. 
until she had an encounter with Jesus Christ and he rescued her from her place of despair and hopelessness. Hebrews 4 verse 12 tells us that God's word is living and active. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So Wendy realized that she needed to surrender her fear, her self-pity and her grief to the Lord. She learned that God had a plan for her life and that there was a purpose in her pain. However, she'd never had that courage to get up and walk. You may also have been a victim of difficult circumstances in your life. We can't choose what happens to us in life, but we can choose those things that we remember. Staying like a victim and acting like a victim is something that is within our control. A negative event can sometimes colour the way we think and influence our personality throughout our life. Now, I'm not saying that we're to deny all of our hurts and excuse all of those weaknesses of others. But if you're on the mat, allow Jesus to speak promises of hope and healing into your life. There's a lady that comes to our Wednesday service and she doesn't come here on a Sunday morning. She's in a rest home in the city but she comes to our Wednesday service and the very first time she came to our service she came up to me and she said, look, can I talk to you? I need you to pray for me. She came down to our, my office. She said, look, I'm terribly depressed. I've just sort of given up. Life's passing me by. And I said, all right, let's, let's change things. I said, instead of focusing on all those negative bad things that are keeping you down like this, praise God and give him thanks for the good things that are happening in your life. What are some of the good things that are happening in your life? Read your Bible every day and as you read it, ask God for one key truth that you can apply in your life. And then look around you and see how many people are worse off than you are. And give God thanks that you have so many good things happening in your life. She came back to see me two weeks ago. She thought the Wednesday service had started two weeks ago. She says, since you prayed for me, I've been completely different. I wake up happy in the morning. I'm focusing on all those good things. And I've started to give my things away. So I have something that I don't need anymore and I, and I say, God, who can I give this to? Who can I make happy through passing this on to? She'd had a complete change in her mindset and as a result in her situation. And so as we surrender our fears, our self-pity and despair to him, we can get up off our mat. We all know the story of David the shepherd boy. He became a great hero by trusting God and defeating Goliath. However, later on in his life, 
other giants turned up that battled against him. Amazingly, all those other giants were related to that first Goliath that David defeated. First Chronicles chapter 20 tells us that three of these giants were Goliath's sons and one was Goliath's brother. Just imagine it. Goliath had a brother that looked just like he did. He spoke like he did. He fought like he did. He probably smelled just like Goliath did. And David probably saw him and wondered, I thought I killed you. What are you doing back here? But Goliath hadn't come back. It was his brother and his three children that attacked David. It just looked like and felt like the same battle that he'd been in in the past. But the truth is that Goliath was dead. Similarly, we've won some amazing spiritual and physical battles in our lives. And God has delivered us. A few months or even years later, the old symptoms return and manifest worse than ever. These negative experiences drain our faith and start a spiritual paralysis in our lives. We still attend church, but our faith becomes cold. When others testify of healing, we secretly think that they'll lose their healing. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's something that you're hoping for and it never happens and it never happens and it never happens. It makes the heart sick. How can we trust God when he see, it seems that he has let us down? We wonder, did I lose my healing? Or was I only deceiving myself in the first place? But it's highly likely that we're experiencing an entirely new spiritual battle. It's not a loss of God's blessing, but a deception. Satan is trying to worm his way back into our lives. Defeating giants in the past doesn't mean to say that we won't encounter giants in the future. But don't buy into the lie that you didn't win that first battle. By grace you trusted God and you conquered that Goliath. That first giant is dead. Satan masquerades as a former enemy so that he can slip past our faith and regain entry. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9 tells us to resist him, to stand firm in our faith. 1 John 5, verse 4 For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. Our faith is important. If our faith wavers, it takes away our determination and our desire, and we can easily become a victim. Are you fearful about things that are happening in our world today? From God's perspective, these things are great challenges that are bringing great potential for the church. In a day of hopelessness, God gives us great hope. 
And so like David, we can release the power of God and triumph over the enemies of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace, this is God speaking, is sufficient for you and you and you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore I will boast of all, all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. If I'm proud and I think I can do things in my own strength, then God retreats. But if I put my faith and trust in him and say, I need you, Lord. Lord, you come into this situation. You help this person through this crisis. You help me today. He is there. He surfs in on that wave of my weakness and your weakness. So God desires us to be robust and strong, to take our community for his kingdom. Ephesians 6 verse 11, Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, having done all to stand. Keep standing. Don't lie down on your mat and give up. Proverbs 23 verse 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Give God your heart. Delight in the good things that God is doing around you. It's time to step up to the challenges that are storming our world right here in this town, in our community. Things that we are already doing by reaching out to people around us. But we can't assume that things will just sort themselves out by themselves over time. We need wisdom, understanding, knowledge and courage to move forward in the name of God and the power of God in spite of the fears that surround us. So allow God to shine his light into those dark places in your life. Deal with the unforgiveness, hurt and resentment in your heart. See God as a loving Father who desires to cleanse and heal your wounds and help you get up off that mat. To start these streams of living water flowing, we can prime the pump of our soul. This can be done through worship, praise, thanksgiving, prayer and relationship with God. Once we release the power of God, it will gush up like a river of life. Isaiah 58 verse 11, You shall be like a well-watered garden and like a spring whose waters never fail. You know, it's, uh, there's a bit of a drought out there at the moment. We're supposed to water our gardens every second day. Boy, you can tell when um, they're watered. And if you go away for a few days and they don't get any water, uh, they wither up very quickly. And we can be like a well-watered garden. So begin each day by reading God's word, by priming the pump of Holy Spirit power. And the fruit of the Spirit will flourish like that well-watered garden. Be a tree planted by streams of living water. 
Meditate on God's word day and night. Fill each day with acts of kindness prompted by the Holy Spirit as he leads you to serve him.